Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Connection, where industry expert Doug Plucknett interviews global leaders from the maintenance and reliability industry. Each week, new leaders will join us with insights and tips to help you grow in your career, and they'll share a good story or two while they're at it as well. The Leadership Connection is produced by the industry's leading networking and learning community, Mobius Connect. Doug, over to you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it happens to be for you while you're tuning in and listening to this. I'm Doug Plucknett, and this is the Leadership Connection. Today, I have a guest all the way from the UK. Will Bauer is with us today. And uh, Will, how's it going? It's going great. Hey, people, Doug. Yeah, no, it's been a bit of a busy week, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's going great, to be honest. We've had a great week. We've, had, we've been at a lot of different customers. So yeah it's been it's been really good i'm feeling really good today very good well thank god as we say in the u.s it's friday right. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a weird one i kind of look forward to monday now which is a bit of an odd odd scenario it hasn't always been that way but um i think since i kind of started maintaining it's been a bit of a different outlook for me definitely okay so starting out well since uh I'm not really familiar with you. We've just met here uh, in the last five minutes, other than uh, a quick conversation on LinkedIn. I'm excited to have you as a guest, but tell us a bit about your background, your education, your career, the uh, roles that you've worked in. Right, so, I mean, originally from school, um, I've always been very intrigued about how the world works. I think science for me was always so important because it was just so mysterious in terms of understanding like energy and understanding what you know like vibration was and when i started to look into it deeply it did really resonate with trying to understand exactly how the world operated so i've always been really inquisitive about kind of like how things are made how things are done so i think engineering was always something a part of me you know even from an early age even though i may not have been aware of it you know so um, straight from school, I knew that engineering was kind of like the path I wanted to go down. And I went to college, and I did HNC and a HND in electrical and electronic engineering. And um, fortunately, I, I managed to, to get a job with a company called Eric's that did electromechanical repairs. And that was really the starting point of my journey. So they allowed me to go on a day release so I could do my HNC top up one day a week at college whilst I gained some really good experience. And my first ever job was actually an armature winder, putting um, copper back into mowers and winding. So I mean, it, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a niche job actually at the time because not many people understood what it was. And even trying to explain to people what I did was very confusing for some people. So um, it was a real blessing really, to be honest, to be able to get into, involved with doing that because um, it taught me a lot originally. Very good. So. Um starting out here uh looking at your career to this point uh are there some people that you've worked with that you've seen as mentors uh don't be afraid to mention names and what did you learn from those people uh going forward that that you now put like say in your toolbox and say boy there's something i'm going to use for the rest of my life well i've had a, I've, I've not really had specific mentors in the sense that um you know, I've had some great people I've learned from within my company. And, you know, there's there's been great people like Richard Thompson, for example. I'm, a, I'm very good friends with him now. He's very well known on LinkedIn. But um, at that time when we were both at Eric's, he, you know, had a great vast knowledge of, of electrical motors and 
electrical fluting issues and problems with bearing defects and stuff like that. And he's taught me a lot of different things. Um, but I would say in terms of like real mentors, I would say people that I haven't actually met. So there's, there's books I've read and there's people that have inspired me heavily in terms of like understanding what real leadership is. And I'd say the, the, the one of the biggest inspirations would be Simon Sinek. And I, you've probably heard of Simon Sinek and, yep. and his books and what he's done. And there was a couple of books that really, really kind of grabbed me into a new way and a new perspective of thinking in terms of leadership. And one of them was called uh, The Infinite Game and one was called Start With Why. And he was just, for me, he just opened my mind up to a brand new perspective of understanding what real leadership is and how trust is so important in any organisation and how, you know, a lot of a lot of the time I feel we've always got very short-term goals that you know are almost finite goals but the long-term just causes are the things that get us out of bed every morning. Well you talked about a couple of books and leadership prior to that you, you discussed a little bit about vibration and I'm a person that uh, in all the years of the business that I've been I understand vibration analysis what it's for how it's used the applications of it Right, but when it comes to looking at that vibration data, right, when I look at that that trend, I look, I go, I guess it looks like a caterpillar, maybe a butterfly, right? <laughs> when, it, when it comes to explaining things like vibration to people, where it's really important, you know, you've got an asset, a piece of rotating equipment that, it, you know, it's in the process. You can see that through that data, it's in the process of failing. How do you get that point across to people like myself that look at that data and go, what in the world is that? Yeah, it's, it, it can be a difficult one because I think, you know, on a daily basis, we deal with uh, engineering managers that are very technical and love to understand exactly what they're seeing with spectral analysis. But then you get the other engineering managers that really don't understand it in terms of, you know, the way it is. But I think what is really important is to be able to convey the information in a way that is understandable and you know I think really to focus on the effects of what it potentially could cause because for some engineering managers it may just be loads of squiggly lines but what we are essentially is the guide to be able to translate that information um, and we've got to be the communication broad like the communication bridge between the an analytical data to the recommendation. So I think a lot of trust is needed, you know, for us guys as well. Because if we are saying, for example, go change the bearings on a 500 kilowatt motor, it is, you know, going to cause some disruption to production. It's going to cost money to do so. So the trust has to be there, regardless whether the understanding is or not. And I feel that as a company, we're very conscious and we're very kind of good at breaking down complex information into information that can be understood uh, into more simple layman's terms and as well we can convey that information into black and white you know to basically say look this is what the information is saying this is why it's saying that and this is the recommendation that we you know really recommend so you don't actually face any failure or any sort of pain that's going to be able to cause big disruption in in in, in the present moment as well so yeah a lot of trust good communication and as well what we can do sometimes 
is use ultrasound as a bit of a more of a way to understand. So say, for example, you're, list, you're, you're looking at a spectrum, you say, well, I don't understand any of this. What our ACOM um, allows us to do as well is play the time waveform signal so people can hear, hear what's going on. And we all know what sounds kind of good and what kind of sounds bad. And that is a great way. So ultrasound as well is an incredible way so people can listen and be involved in that process without necessarily not understanding from a visual point of view as well. Very good. Um, when would you say in your career you were first recognized as a leader? What, what were you doing uh, and how did that recognition come about? I think, the, I think the first time I was kind of recognized as a leader was when I actually took on my first employee about six months ago. So um, I've always been very passionate about what I do and I've always really you know, embraced it and I love helping customers achieve reliability and that's kind of like one of our big whys to what we do you know we're, we're we're in this business to be able to really guide people to be able to get to reliability excellence and it's kind of in our tagline so I think for me I, I found that I was a leader when I was kind of putting out this energy in terms of like basically saying I care you know and fortunately I attracted the right person who, who resonated the same energy as me in terms of really trying to drive that goal so when I actually brought him onto the business um that's i think then i that's when i really took the role to be, become a leader and by becoming a leader i kind of naturally showcased it to the world as well by inspiring him to be able to drive our company to achieve the goals for our customers as well very good um it's been said that uh uh you can either be a leader or a manager what do you think of that statement? It's, 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 to be honest, it's, it's something Simon Sinek does talk about a lot, actually, um, because a leader is very different to a manager, I feel. Um, I feel like a leader inspires people to work. So in, inspiration is very different to motivation. Um, when you're inspired, it comes from inside. It comes from an intrinsic why you want to be able to, 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 to provide a service. And when you're inspired, you don't need to be motivated. You've got this internal thing that that brings the best out of you to be able to do the best job. And that's what a leader does. A leader really shows by example and inspires their employees to be able to take action in the same way the leader does. A manager has to use a lot of motivational techniques. So when you're having to motivate someone, it's very short-lived, I feel. So you can potentially motivate someone with bonuses or money or these motivational factors that won't last forever. They're very finite, they're very short term. So a manager it has to keep kind of going into this motivation way to, to get their employees to get the best out of them. Whereas a leader, by leading by example, can inspire their people to be able to follow in a way that the leader is. So they're two very different things. Um, management obviously can, is always needed regardless. Um, but a true, a true, just how we shall we say, manager, I feel is very different to a leader. And I think if you want to be able to manage effectively, if you become a leader, you won't need to be able to keep trying to push your employees to work or having to keep an eye on them because when they're inspired, they will work on their own. They will, they will, they will, you know, be inspired to be able to achieve what they need to achieve themselves. All right. So you just spoke that you had to hire somebody uh, in the past here. 
and so if you were looking for a leader, what are some of the traits that you would look for in a person that you're, that you're looking to hire? I would first initially look at the, the reason of why they want to do what they do, that the whys have to match the belief systems of myself and the belief systems of the people we're looking for. They have to be a match. Um, and that is, I think, intrinsically the first most important thing for us to be able to look for. Say, for example, if we're kind of trying to find a leader within our industry to be able to, to provide the best service possible, because if our, if our beliefs don't match, then it can be very difficult um, to proceed in a way that is beneficial for both parties. Because, you know, if they don't believe what you believe, then there can be some discrepancies of, you know, ideas. So when we're looking for a leader, really, we want to have someone who's very open-minded, who's, who's willing to learn, willing to learn new things, and ultimately has a real passion for what they do and has a really strong reason why they're doing it. All right. And so getting into the, the motivation that you speak of, you know, I've often told people that, uh, we have a kind of a breakdown of uh, employees when you're looking at a large organization, which uh, uh, I learned early on in my career, we, we call the 1080-10, right? You have the 10% at the bottom that are, are troubled employees. Uh, yeah. The 80% in the middle that can be motivated to do things. They come to, to work every day to do a good job, but yeah. Uh, yeah. they need some leadership. And then you have the top 10 which I call intrinsically motivated. It doesn't matter what you do, right? There are people that are going to come in and they're going to uh, per perform without very little guidance or motivation, right? Very inspired, um, yeah, definitely. Back when I was looking at, at people and hiring, I always I always thought about, gee, my background was I grew up on a farm. And any kid that oh, worked on a farm, most, most were intrinsically motivated, right? Whether it was a family business or somebody very close to them, they knew what their job and their responsibilities were day in and day out. And so they had this work ethic, right? I see. That's yeah, yeah. True, right. It's not always true, but that's what you look for, right? That intrinsic yeah. motivation. Um, looking at it, your career and how you've done that, is, is that something you'd say was is maybe one of your traits that, that people have recognized? I think so, yeah. And I think that's. I was very fortunate actually to be kind of mistreated by my um, previous employer because it kind of taught me how not to be, you know what I mean? And do you know what? I'm kind of very, I'm actually grateful for that experience of, of that awareness as well, because without it, I wouldn't A, be where I am now and B, I wouldn't be able to kind of, you know, give the reins to my, I, I wouldn't even call him employee. I call him a friend, you know, and I think this is where it differs for, for certain companies because even, you know, will, we both will actually ironically I've, I've employed someone who's got the same name as me which is incredible um and we, we have this tagline um when there's a will there's a way and when there's two wills there's always a way so we've got this great tagline going on and people are loving it as well and obviously we've got a podcast as well reliable talk where we're both talking and engaging with certain things and we do talk about a lot of this leadership stuff as well which is really aligned with what you're doing doug as well which we find really really inspiring but i mean i think you know, when he come on board, he also spoke to me about his experiences of not having, not being trusted. So, you know, it's little things, Doug. It's a bit like, you know, when you have to go book a hotel because you're staying away, you know, 
his previous employer would have to book it for him. You know what I mean? And there'd be no tr element of trust of actually having a little bit of freedom just to be able to, you know, just have that little bit of freedom. And I think when you're restricted in that way, you know, you create this barrier. And when you create this barrier, it's just not good for working relationships. And it's just not good to be able to be feel trusted with, you know, with what you're doing. And, you know, I always have to, you know, make sure that I'm almost giving him the air to breathe and learn as much as he possibly can on his own back, but as well be there to support. So, you know, I'm always a support network for him. And he knows if he has any, you know, concerns with, with vibration data or anything that you need to look at, I am there always to look at it. But at the same time, I kind of let him have the free reign to be able to go out there and really learn himself as well. So that balance is very important, I think, definitely. All right, and that gets into the also the importance of communication in that relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and employees. Uh, I've I've always told a boss. We had one particular boss that uh, we had an employee that he was. If you understood maintenance and the aspects of what needs to be done and troubleshooting, this guy was top notch. But he was also a guy that was always going to tell you exactly what was on his mind, right? And some yeah. bosses have a very difficult time with that, right? And uh, his particular boss came to me at one time and said, hey, this guy, all of a sudden, he's going quiet. Yeah. And I said, you have problems. And he said, what do you mean? I said, when you have a, a, a top-notch employee that has been coming in and complaining about particular things, and when that person goes quiet, you have a serious communication issue, right? I think That's so, yeah. That, that you better worry about. He might just up and go somewhere else so you need to bring yeah. that person and find out what's going on because uh, that silence is, is meaningful right that there's, there's indication, indication. Work behind that, right yeah yeah agree i agree Doug. right you so know, when you look at that relationship and talking about the importance of trust communication is a big part of that right i agree uh, yeah so uh, looking at your career at this point, Will, what would you say you're most proud of? What's your accomplishment that you would tell the audience that you're most proud of? Uh, there's, there's two. There's two, I'd say, in terms of my career of maintaining. Um, and, you know, I'm proud of the passion that we bring. I'm proud of that. Like, every single day we wake up and we've got such a purpose and such a, such a reason why we come to work. I'm just so proud of the the message behind of what we're trying to do um you know and I'm, I'm i'm proud of that that i've created this company um where i was i was really unhappy at my old place and it wasn't the fact that it was the work that i dislike i love the work i love reliability I always have them but for me that i'm really proud that i've created a company that really values the feelings of their employees and we've just at the start of our journey and you know, I'm really proud that the fact that Will, as well, he's he's inspired. He loves what he does. You know, I, I have to tell him to stop working sometimes. And you know, it's like I'm seeing emails fly out on the weekend. I'm like, Will, what are you doing? Like, this, this is your, and, he, and he's just loving what he's doing. So, um, I, I'm really, really proud of the fact that we're building a company that is very, very conscious of of, of our employees and how they feel and and, and their happiness. And as well, we're very, we're very kind of, we have an infinite goal of really improving reliability for our customers as well. So 
You know, if this is not just about us, it's bigger than us in terms of our, our why. And I'm very proud that we carry the passion to be able to bring us to our goals as well. Okay, so looking at what you do, specifically the vibration end of this, um, one of the things that the customers struggle with the most uh, that are out there using this tool, whether they're hiring someone like yourself to come in and do it or trying to do it, have their employees do it is uh, the issue of, okay, we've detected a fault in a piece of rotating equipment. Um, it's not the fact that you need to change it. It's understanding what the cause is. How do you get under customers to understand that, that look, it's not, look, I've detected something. It's important that you, you now take some type of action, but it's more important to understand why are we saying yeah. this? A root cause analysis and you know we're not just a condition monitoring company either you know we really look at the reliability and to improve reliability you must understand the root cause because there's no other way of making practices better afterwards so you know we we, we really try to, to, to you know make the customer aware that a lot of the failures happen on the plant can be avoided you know i mean i think a study said about 70 percent of bearing defects do come from poor lubrication so you know when when you see them figures and you see a lot of failures happen and you start to see the reason why they're failing whether that be poor lubrication practices or you know over lubrication can be another one it can go either way and when you under start to see that a lot of you know factories don't have the awareness that what they're doing on that level is so effective in terms of their failures that's when you can start to raise awareness to it and you know for us it's very important that we kind of say right every single defect we do find we always try to keep the bearing so say for example we find a defect in, in a bearing and you know we get the bearing out and they get it repaired and we, we sometimes we, we as well we do the bearing replacements as well so we'll keep the bearing as well we'll cut the bearing open we'll have a look at the wear patterns inside that bearing and we'll have a look at the reason why it failed. And we'll have a lot of great suggestions to say, right, when the new motor goes back into place, we need to make sure that it is aligned properly. Or, you know, it hasn't got soft foot issues or problems. Or if it has electrical fluid inside that bearing, what can we do to measure that shaft current and how can we avoid it from happening again? So whether that be a shaft grounding ring or whether that be looking at the application and understanding whether it has sufficient earths from the inverter and what is actually happening at that end so you know the thing is about us i think we, we, we're turning more into a reliability company and i think condition monitoring companies are a thing of the past i think nowadays you know companies are evolving and they're evolving into reliability companies where they use condition monitoring techniques to understand how to improve the reliability so that's kind of like where we're going in our journey uh, and as well, I feel like it is the future. A lot of companies will follow suit in that way as well. Well, it certainly is a natural progression when you think about it, because now we're getting into smart machines and uh, yeah. continuous monitoring, right, that comes with the equipment. And it's one of those things I just recently had a customer that I said, okay, you've got a smart machine, right? It, it's, it's capable of monitoring many things full time, right? It's not, however, smart enough to tell you why. <laughs> exactly. you, yeah. you have a fault, right? That, that's so the you thing. Have to, you have to, yourself as a company, learn to progress with that equipment. And I think that's an important part about 
what your company will be doing was is teaching those companies to say, all right, here's what you got with your new piece of equipment. Here's here's how you're going to have to manage this, right? It's not it's way more important to understand why it failed than the fact that it is failing. Right? Yeah, I agree, Doug. You, you hit the nail on the head there. You hit the nail on the head, and you know that's what we're trying to do as a company in the UK. Because even my previous company, you know, like the, the the thing is right with with the other part, the reliability part. That part does is very difficult to charge for sometimes. And my previous company was, well, no, great. Well, we'll we'll let them know when stuff is going to fail. But when we wanted to digress further into the root cause analysis, it takes time. You know, of course, it takes time. You need to look at you know elements and you need to suggest new things. And when you know, I wanted to to suggest that we we evolve this and we start looking at these things. Unfortunately, a lot of companies look at the finite goals. And Simon Sinek says it great with his book that a lot of people are looking for the short-term wins and they're not looking at their long-term goals. And reliability is a long-term, it's a forever, it's an infinite goal. It's something that you're continuously striving towards. It's not something that you can kind of solve within two weeks or a short period of time. So, you know, we've got to look at the long game when it comes to reliability because, you know, when you're looking at costs of it, it's very difficult to measure future savings when the savings are going to be made over five years, 10 years, 15 years. You know, a lot of people will look at the projections after one year or two years. And when you're trying to improve your reliability, it may cost you a lot of money to, to get that reliability into a machine. But you may not see the payback on that after a long period of time. And a lot of people's goals are very short-sighted, so they don't get to the stage where the plant is reliable because they're always looking at short-term metrics and KPIs that are based around short-term wins and, and monetary wins rather than reliability you know, wins as well. All right. So, Will, it's been a pleasure meeting you today and having this discussion. Uh, you're certainly an energetic guy. And uh, one of those new faces out there in the world of reliability. And, and boy, I'll tell you, we are a community that is desperate for new faces. So uh, no, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you guys are doing at Mobius. And, you know, I, I really want to become a part of this, this journey with you guys because that's what we're looking to do. We're just trying to connect with like-minded reliability engineers that will have passion for it. And I can even tell you, Doug, you've got great passion for this as well. And I, I love what you're doing. So, you know, much respect to yourself and, and the podcast because it spreads awareness and it, as well, it aligns with my goals for creating reliability excellence for everyone, definitely. And it gives an old guy like me something to do in that semi-retirement years. You've got a lot of knowledge there. You've got a lot of experience. You've got a lot of knowledge. You've got a lot of passion. So remember, like, there's, there's always, you know, something you can bring there's always new people like me uh young whippersnappers like me who want to learn as much as possible and you've got a lot of experience so you know thank you for doing this it's great that you're putting that good energy out there as well all right my friend have a great day this has been doug pluck not with the leadership connection have a great day thank you for joining us for another episode of the leadership connection we will see you back for another episode next week in between, we hope to see you in the Mobius Connect community where you can meet Doug and share with other industry professionals at MobiusConnect.com. We'll see you there.